Abba Yahweh, thank you for this opportunity, first of all, to be with you, to spend time with you, to be in your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, to share and have that opportunity that you bless me with, to, to share that with others, to anyone that would have an ear, to let them hear the words spoken and listen to what's being said to go to your word, to seek your face, to seek your truth, to seek your knowledge, to seek your wisdom, Father God, in all things. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman. Parakletos, Aman. So, a reminder for you, in case you've forgotten, or this is your first time hearing, but I, I remind everyone that I share with, and I'm not just here speaking to anyone out there. I am also speaking to and sharing with myself because there are things that the Holy Spirit reminds me of, and he does that through the opportunity of my sharing the truth and reminds me that I have to be in that truth as well. So, um, I've shared with you before that it's um, similar to my having a mirror that uh, floats around in front of me. So as I'm saying all these things, and no matter where I look, that mirror is reflecting myself back. So it's not just that I am a... Um, self-proclaimed intellect and spewing all this out there because this is God's truth, God's knowledge, God's wisdom. And he shared it with me anyway. <clears throat> and it wouldn't be here if it was not for God. And it's as much for me as it is for anyone else out there. And anyone that declares the scripture and the word of God, the gospel from the Bible, which incidentally has absolutely nothing really to do with separating the Bible as many of these uh, theological wizards have decided it does, that they have to separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. But as I've shared with you, if you follow the rule of faith and you go through the Bible, you will see that God stitches these things together quite readily and quite easily. There are no puckers. Everything is seamless. It's, um, there was a term that, uh, I hope I get this right, um, that was shared in our class last night, which was our first uh, class. And it was that we must be able to seamlessly apply to the cloth, which then in turn is attached to the tapestry and it becomes this beautiful piece that is part of the community and sharing. And God, God is such a fine example of this. Everything he does he touches and he interweaves and knits it together perfectly so that it's this beautiful tapestry. 
So, that being said, let's go over here to these things that are not so nice. Um, and I bring this up because I actually had a personal experience with this, and it's, um, but it's, it is, it is. So what we have to do is we have to explore a couple things. Um, it's very important. Um, and I learned, and I, I learned this actually with my, my earthly mother, is she was really, really actually quite, she was not very good at it. She, everybody was her friend. I mean, it you, you have to kind of look two sides. I, I, I suppose I tried to be protective of her, and I tried to get her to understand and reason with her, and she found that difficult to do because everyone was her friend. But the Bible also talks about being cautious. Um, she was taken advantage of, and I used to, I used to get pretty angry, and I didn't, the anger I didn't handle well. Um, I wasn't walking with God. Uh, I tried to pretend, um, but I found that I got angry about it. Um, they were taking advantage of her. They were stealing her money. She would readily give it to them, and she believed anyone at all. Um, she didn't understand or know how to try the spirit. I tried to explain, explain it to her, um, but quite honestly, I didn't have the scriptural knowledge that I have now that the Lord has shared with me um, and it was um, kind of a difficult thing for me to, to witness and understand because my mother was a really good good Christian woman and a powerful prayer warrior and she was constantly in her words so I found it kind of puzzling um and I think I had a whole lot of things that were going on with me that were interfering. So I was in my own way. I was in God's way and honestly made a pretty, pretty much made a shambles. <laughs> I didn't do well. Um, but you can't look back and remorse and regret and sit there because that's what the devil wants you to do. But here's the thing. She, the point being that she quite, easily called everyone a friend but they weren't her friends they were users thieves liars dishonest and she had a hard time in differentiating between true friends and real friends and christian brothers and sisters who were honest with her and took care of her and and all that so she wanted to give him a lot of money away And um, looking back at some of these things, I'm not sure that I handled it um, with righteous anger, righteous indignation. I try to believe that I did, but I, I don't think I did so. I, as I said, I wasn't walking with the Lord. And there is something that we're told in the Bible, and we are told about anger. As a Christian, a lot of people think, oh, you can't get angry, you can't be angry, you can't be angry, you can't be angry, you can't, you don't get upset with that, just turn your back and let it go. Well, that's not exactly truthful. We are 
allowed, and we can be angry, but you cannot sin in your anger. What does that mean? Well, that means that you don't get in somebody's face, you don't get caught up in an argument about it, and you don't go back and forth railing against railing, and you don't, you know, Proverbs talks about a lot of these things. And uh, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, actually. Um, I'll flip over here. And we're going to go to that. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your anger, upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. But there are other scriptures regarding this. Don't sin in your anger, which means that you don't curse, you don't belittle, you don't berate, you don't rail against them, and you don't do all of these things that they're doing. You don't, uh, you don't come against their wickedness and their wrongdoing with the same thing. You don't retaliate in kind. You bless them instead with water if they're thirsty, food if they're hungry, and you show kindness. And that is so difficult for us to do. But if we have God's love within, that we can do this thing. And do not give place to the devil. Well, what that means is that you rail against them, you you curse and you get loud and you get obnoxious and you argue, well, that's doing exactly what they're doing. So you don't do that. So be righteous in your anger. Um, it can also be, uh, some have term, heard the term righteous indignation or being indignant about something. Well, indignation comes from a Latin word called indignation. Uh, anger or displeasure. And um, there's a, another root word, ignatus, when it is something that is deemed unworthy. And these are things that would be, it's okay to be, all those things that are, uh, that oppose God, or contrary to the precepts or his tenets that he's established by his word, by his truth, by his knowledge, by his wisdom that he puts forth in our guidebook, our roadmap, and our instruction manual, the Bible. We find those things here and you have those that come in contact with you and they oppose all of those things. Well, it's okay to be angry with that and to show that righteous indignation. Do not sin in doing it. So these uh, individuals that claim to be label heads and self-proclaimed Christians that took their church and this pastor, this shameful pastor that led his, uh, for lack of a better description, I guess, his troops against these uh, funeral services that were intended for honoring fallen family members and those that were in a hard place and then died and came back and they he took his church there and told them that it was okay for them to protest against that. Well, being angry about that is okay as long as you don't rally against them and then become physical and kind. It, 
it is okay to be angry about that and to share righteous indignation, pray about it, pray over them and get them away. Um, but you don't physically grab them and throw them around and do all the and don't do the things that they're doing because then that makes you no different than that thing that you're acting out against. Makes you no different. It makes you the same. Don't be that way. Remember what Peter tells us that we are a peculiar people. And what makes us that is that we don't do as everyone else does. That people will expect you to fight against them, to grab onto them, to knock them down or push them around. But you don't do that. You come forward and you have your righteous anger, your righteous indignation, and you can make them go. They had the, the, the group, and I shared this with you, I believe, before. The, they called them the Patriot Guard Riders. And all they did is quietly stood around to honor the fallen military family members that were being buried. And they just stood in a arm-locked circle around the family so that these, these so-called Christian church members couldn't get to them. And they were slowly moved away without any conflict, without any grabbing, without any fighting and knocking anybody down and around. They just moved them away and then got them in. They started retreating to their vehicles and then these riders got there and pretty much just drove them away. Literally. It doesn't cause anything. Now, we see an example of righteous indignation and righteous anger um, a little bit differently, not wrongfully. And you can follow this story and you actually find it in, um, oh, let me make sure I have this marked correctly. Pardon me. I have, to, I have a whole lot of markers in the Bible, but we have a story in Matthew I believe is the best example of it. Um, when we find that Jesus went to the temple and he went to the temple and he drove out the money changers. And he went and he drove them out because they were, and he expressed righteous indignation because they had done something that was really, really despicable there. And he drove them out from the temple because you had the money changers were there who were charging an, an excise tax or an exchange rate for temple money because people had money that was, I, I don't know what their reason would be behind it other than to make money and to cheat them, but they made them exchange their money for temple money. And they were also being told that their sacrifices were not proper sacrifices because they were deemed unclean and these were this were the um, 
the religious leaders were in cahoots with these money changers. And I say that because they were the only ones who could deem a, a sacrifice clean or unclean. They would say, okay, it's good, you can take it in, get it sacrificed. But they seemed to be finding a whole lot of unclean animals that were not able to go into the temple to be sacrificed. And then they were forcing the poor people to change the animal, and they just happened to have a whole pen full of clean animals that had been deemed clean by them, and you could change the animal, but you had to pay a fee to do so. So they were in cahoots. They were in league with them. And we need to be cautious when we get involved in things like this, because Satan will attempt to manipulate our thoughts so that we think one way, but it's not the Holy Spirit. The enemy works to try to get us to that. So be careful in this. And I've shared this with you before, is that uh, we need to try the Spirit in all things to ensure that it is righteous and not self-righteous. Uh, 1 John 4, 1. The trying of the Spirit tells us to try that in all things. And of course, Jesus being our Lord and being who and how he is. Um, he knew that these things were going on when he went there and he drove them away. And he was righteous in doing what he did. He didn't, he didn't beat them. He scourged them out of there. He made a scourge with cords um, that he knotted and something as if you would uh, use it to, to drive out animals or drive your animals. So he took it, he scourged, and he scourged them away and he turned the tables over because what he told them is you have turned a house of prayer and worship for our father into a den of thieves. They were making money. They were stealing from the church. They were stealing from God and they were stealing from the people that came to worship God. So, yes, he got upset, he got agitated, he turned over the tables, and he scourged them away. He didn't beat them. And a lot of people say, oh, that's wrong. He was, man, he was, that's an example of sin. No, it was not. He didn't beat them. He scourged them. There's, there, you got to understand, you got to look to culture. They didn't beat their animals. People that had animals... Uh, except for Balaam, of course, and he got tossed about for that, and <laughs> the angel dealt with that one. But um, they didn't beat their animals. Their animals were important to them. And though Jesus was angry, righteously so, and he scourged them out, he didn't beat them, and, and not the way they did him, and he drove them out. But if you go to that story, make sure I get to the right spot. I got to... Oops, I'm sorry. I went totally to the wrong... Anyway, I'm so sorry. I didn't even mark it. I thought I had it written and marked. Um, my apologies. However... Um, Jesus also went right away and began teaching 
and sharing, and he, he did some healing right there. Well, that didn't go well with the religious leaders, um, and they became offended by what he did and how he spoke and then his teaching and healing. And they came together Ah, uh, I found it. Sorry, brothers and sisters, my apologies. Um, this is actually in Matthew uh, 21. And if you go to, um, it's a rather short place here, but it, it's the description of, of how these uh, alleged uh, religious leaders, supposedly. Um, but anyway, uh, if we go to Matthew 21 and you go to, uh, verse 10, we'll start there. And when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna is uh, actually a three-part, and it means save us, we pray. They were sore displeased. And they said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? So he did righteously, and he did rightly, and he healed, but they became displeased. <clears throat> Remember, I've shared this with you all before, is that they were displeased so often with Jesus because he just simply, by what he was doing, simply by being truthful, kind, compassionate, caring, loving, and got them upset. And they were upset because he was doing everything that they should have been doing, but they weren't doing. So he sent them away. And they were coming in righteous obedience to the temple, and it had been turned into a den of thieves, stealing from God and the people. Um, so if you go to Matthew 21 and go verses 12 through 17, you'll find this. They were upset with him because he was righteous in what he was doing. 
And it bothered them because it showed them out to be what they were. Remember, Paul ran into this situation as well when they were out, when they left this the church of Antioch. And Antioch was the first... Um, evangelical discipleship mission church. I guess you can put all those words in there because they were the first ones that were um, actively sending out missions, missionaries out to teach and spread the word. And when Paul and his compatriot, they came into a city, they were, they were upsetting to some of the church leaders because they were making money from those that came to worship and they were using um, falsehoods, false doctrines and teaching. And when Paul, they prayed over this false teacher and took every ability that he had doing so falsely and in lies, and then they weren't able to make money anymore. So they wanted to take them out and stone them. So these supposed religious elders, but what we have to remember, brothers and sisters, that you must always, um, as it's told in 1 John 4, 1, to make sure that you try the spirit so that what your actions are, are righteous indignation, not self-righteousness, and that you're not doing it for your own sake and your own reasoning that you're going to become angry and then you try to disguise it in righteous anger. Try the Spirit. And if the Spirit talks to you and tells you that you can't do it that way, then don't do it that way. Don't do it at all. The Holy Spirit will guide you in righteousness and truth. It will indeed. And I've shared this with you before. I'll share it with you again. That Satan has the ability and capability to invade the thought process that we have. And the weakest link and point of attack is in the mind. And we are told this constant. Why do you think that Jesus Christ tells us to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind? Paul reminds us that we must be like-minded. We must, and in practicing what is in the word of God. This strengthens in our mind because when you sit and you read the material, you study the material, it becomes embedded in your mind and then you draw it to your heart and you keep that with you all the time. It's important that we do that. And important because the devil and his minions and the demons will attempt to take it from you. But here's the thing, they can't unless you let them. Jesus gave us authority for that. Luke 10, you'll find it there. We have that authority, he gives it to us. We have a tendency to forget that and we become weak. So brothers and sisters, just remember that we do that. Remember that we have to be righteous in whatever we do in our anger. And we can find examples in scriptures 
regarding this thing. And I'm going to take us, where are we going over here? We're going over here to Proverbs. And we're going to go Some of these things are very important. And this, is, this has to do, and I bring this up because of that thing of friends that I was talking about. We have a tendency to use that term very loosely. Um, something that I was told a long time ago, and I hold it to be so, is that a true friend is one that will give you anything that you ask even to the, the coat off, the shirt off their back. They will. However, in true friendship, you won't ask unless you truly need. So in that relationship, a true friend will do it, will give it. But their true friend won't ask unless they truly need it. You're not going to ask for something you don't need or something that you, just purely because you want it, you're not gonna ask, you're, that's not true friendship. But now we have so many things that we have so many folks that run around calling people friends, but they're not. In Proverbs 18, 23 and 24. The poor uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Again, you have individuals that are going to ask and they don't really need it. They just want it. And then, of course, you're going to have those that are going to answer and respond gruffly and they're not going to be helpful at all. And when we go back to Matthew, we're going to go to Matthew 5. Sorry, I thought I had it marked. I don't. I'm getting, oh, I pulled the marker out too soon. Sorry. So if you're going to go to Matthew 5 and 30. And Jesus is actually teaching about this. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. What was he talking about there? He's talking about toxic friendships. There are individuals that would be part of a group and, and this group is good for nothing except for belittling God, diminishing your faith, making fun of your faith and what you believe in. And they continually try to talk you into going to places that you know you shouldn't go, to act in ways you shouldn't act. And to convince you that you ought to. And they'll say things like... Um, Wow, you're not so fun anymore. You used to be a fun guy to be around, or you used to be fun to be around. Well, 
That's unfortunate. So I guess we don't need to be around anyone. We don't need to be around each other anymore. What should be exactly what Jesus did? Cut them out. And don't be there. And if you are truly righteous and you're really trying to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and be disciplined in what he teaches and what he desires for you and what God desires for you, then you don't truly want to be around these toxic individuals anyway. They take great delight in making fun of the word of God. They take great delight in making fun of anyone that goes to church. And when you share the fact that you have changed and that you want to have faith in God and believe in God and what the Bible teaches and you try to share with them. And what do they do? They make fun of you. And then they turn around and tell you that you're not fun anymore. Well, okay. Hasta la vista. We don't need to be around one another anymore. And you, you don't leave and be upset and angry and get all loud and all tertiary with them you pray for them but here's the thing that you have to do though you have to be cautious in in how you pray because you don't want to pray that god bless them because then what you're doing is you're you're entreating and you're asking god to bless their wrongful ways you don't want to do that you want to pray that they hit that turning point, that turnaround direction, that left turn or right turn to get them off that highway to hell that they're on and get them turned in the right direction. That's righteous prayer. And you do that. And we should do that. We are told to pray one for another. Remember what Paul teaches? We pray one for another, even those kings and princes and those that are in authority. Well, we don't like a lot of things that they're doing and you know that they're lying. You know that they're deceiving. You know that they're thieves. But they have the same opportunity that we were given when the Lord saw us from a great distance and he came and he died for us anyway. He saw me. He knew that I wasn't walking as I should, but he came and died for me anyway. to make sure that I was given the opportunity to be saved. For when we pray for them, brothers and sisters, we pray that they would have the same opportunity for redemption, to be saved, to turn around and change their mind. So brothers and sisters, you want to just make sure that you are not using that term friendship so loosely and that you follow the tenets and precepts of God. And you can be angry as long as you are righteous in your anger, anger and that you try the spirit for this. Um, Paul writes to the church in Corinth and and uh, and Second Corinthians 
6, 17, and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Paul tells us, Wherefore, come out from among them. So if these were the individuals that you were hanging out with and going and doing these very things that they continued to doing, and you were taking part of it, but you came to that turning point and you repented. But now they want to make fun of you for being the way you used to be and then decide that you're not fun anymore because you don't keep doing it. Uh, you used to be fun, but you're not fun anymore because you don't make fun of Christians anymore. You don't make fun of people going to church. Brothers and sisters, you got to just be in that way. That way being his way. And this is something that's kind of, um, here's a good one for you. And uh, First Peter 3, 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is the sight of of God of great, which is in the sight of God of great price. So brothers and sisters, here's the thing that we have to, we have to remember. Um, I'm going to take you and get ready to leave you all with this one. In First John chapter 4, and this on my sidebar, I have this highlighted, testing the spirit of the prophets, but testing the spirit in all things. All things. That means not just going into the door of a church and that the spirit would lead you into the right church and a good home church and so forth and so on. Yeah, it is important that you do that. But here's the thing, beloved Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Yes, there are false teachers. And remember that prophets are the, uh, is a term that is used for pastors of a church. There are many that teach falsely and try to get you to come in and do what they're doing. But here's the other thing too is that in that spiritual warfare that we are in, you have the enemy, which is the devil, and his minions, which are these individuals that are not demons, but they're doing what the devil drives them to do or tells them to do, and they're willing to do so. And they do. And at what price? The cost of your fellowship in church and your Christianity and your belief in God? Not worth it. 
So you need to cut and run as, the, as an old term used. That means you separate yourself. You get away from them. You just leave them behind. You don't need to, but you pray for them. We are to pray for all men and women and all the leaders, no matter how egregious some of their activities are. Pray for them, that they reach that turning point and make a turn and have the opportunity to be saved. Brothers and sisters, you're on my prayers going out and coming in. Be blessed.